It's Cash Color Canvas, a high level of conversation. I'm broadcasting live from livehiphopdaily.tv. And this episode is presented by Jay's Elevation. Established April 20th in Memphis, Tennessee, Jay's Elevation is a small family urban farm that focuses on providing the best hemp products from seed to experience. Learn more about their amazing products and all the services they offer for farmers at jayselevation.com. And without further ado, you know, we are back again another Tuesday night here in the Castleberry Park um, area for another episode of Cash Color Campus Podcast. And I'm blessed to have a, a good friend of mine in the building today, man. Uh, I got my milk boy Amir in here. I, Chief, we call him a lot of things. I, <laughs> <laughs> but I want you to introduce yourself to those who don't know you. Uh, Mir Khalif El Bay, mm-hmm. uh, otherwise known as Chief Red Wolf uh, online. Uh, some people call me Ace, like he says, a, a number of things. But I'm the founder of the Indigenous Hemp Education Association, which is a uh, 501D tribal nonprofit that advocates for indigenous hemp rights okay. and uh, just overall history on the plant. That's what's up, man. We're going to learn about what, what indigenous hemp rights are, as, as well as um, a little bit more about the history of hemp through your book, The Indigenous History of Hemp. Uh, but before we get into all that, I want to get into your, 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 your um, 420 background, man. What was the first time that you consumed cannabis? Uh, the first time I consumed cannabis was probably about eight years old. Uh, really? You were a youngin'. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was real young. Um, uh, my grandfather actually used to transport uh, cannabis uh, bales okay. in, in and uh, oil drums, so cannabis has always been in our family, you know, as a sacrament and as, you know, a way to make money. Okay. So, um, by eight years old, my uncle handed me the blunt, you know, <laughs> in the back seat. <laughs> so that started my love affair with, uh, you know. That's crazy, man. Did, you, did you actually have, like, a, a, did you actually get a high, or do you remember it? Like, you know, eight oh, yeah. years old was pretty young. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I very, very remember that. Uh, I was very stoned, um, actually went in the house and went right past my grandmother and actually just went to bed and just went to sleep. You know what I'm saying? Just because I didn't want her to see me, you know, in the altar state. (laughs) (laughs) Well, since then, um, um, what is your relationship like with the plant? Like, is there a reason why you consume? Like, have you thought about it, whether it's anxiety or is it something that, you know, is your recreational thing? Like, have you thought about why you consume? Uh, it's recreational, it's medicinal, it's spiritual for me. Um, it's a lot of things. So, that is the reason why I've always been connected to the plant and felt the need to write this book. So I've always been connected to the plant. You okay. know? Yeah. Let's talk about the indigenous history of him. You know, I've, I've, I've seen you um, with the book for a while. I've, I've heard you speak about it. And I've had a great chance to have you com- have conversations with you um, about the history of hemp, man. Mm-hmm. Speak to us about the indigenous history of hemp. And I guess what is it that people miss out when it comes to the history of hemp in this country? Well, basically, one of the reasons why I did write the book is because the indigenous side of the story uh, is hardly never told. Mm. So with the plant, that is not the exception. You know, every time we hear about him stories, it's always the presidents, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson. Oh, they love founding fathers, you know, (laughs) (laughs) talk about him being on the $10 bill and this, that and the third. But it's never a relation to how it relates to us as indigenous people or melanated people. Fact. So, and it's hardly ever they let you know how some of this hemp was getting farmed and, and processed. It's, exactly. not like, it's not like Thomas Jefferson was out there doing it himself. No, no. <laughs> he had people, you know, that looked like us out there, you know, sharecropping and, and, and harvesting his hemp yeah. for him, you know. So if anybody has indigenous knowledge and knowledge on this planet, anybody should be in a position to be farming, cultivating, manufacturing, distributing this plant, it should be us first. Okay. So that's really the main reason why, you know, I, I, I wrote the book to just address certain things that people, 
can you kind of fill in the history, the timeline of, of how hemp came about and how it got to America? Got it, man. So speak to us about how hemp came about and how it got to America. Uh, I mean, that's, that's a long conversation. <laughs> I mean, we can just hit a couple bullet points. Sure. Uh, I go in the book and just show the timeline. It, it uh, started in Africa, migrated to Asia, uh, was used by emperors. You know, we, uh, if you read the book, The Emperor Wears No Clothes, uh, it's mentioned in there, all of the the different medicinal benefits that was listed around that time uh, was listed around that time. And then we moved to more of just to fast forward, we move into the Americas and we tell people how hemp and tobacco is kind of related into the founding of the country. And those were the two plants that we really went to war over, you know. So it's just the, the, the basic history of all the indigenous cultures and native people that have touched this plant. You know, in the in the timeline, so all of the African cultures, all the American cultures, South American cultures, you know that that distributed and manufactured this plant. All right, that's what's up, man. Yeah. And um, so far, what's the reception been like for the book from people who have read it? Um, um, are they hitting you with questions like, "Man, I didn't know that," or, or "Or I was ready to learn some of this information. I didn't know this already." Um, what, what was it like? Uh, it's, it's it's been very uh, informative, very inspiring, actually, to to see how many people. Uh, are learning new facts about the plant, you know, everybody from children to doctors and, and lawmakers, you know, uh, I put this book in their hand and they're learning something new. Yeah. So um, it's all about, you know, just getting the education out there, informing people to write an exact information and letting them make the educated decision. Yeah. Once they have all the right information, they can write, make the right educated decision. That's what's up, man. Well, you know, we live in a world of know-it-alls. Thank you to social media. Like, you know, everybody everybody knows a little bit of something and feels like they know it more than the next person. Mm-hmm. Um, have you have you encountered people who wanted to challenge you on facts about the, about the book and point out things that they say might not be true or, or, or whatever like that? Are you Have you faced that? And what's it like to have to prepare for that? I haven't had any adversity to try to challenge me. I actually welcome it because uh, I believe in my research and ability and this is a 10-year process of me compiling all this information. So I welcome anybody that has any kind of different viewpoints or different historical references that they want to add to the book. I welcome it. Okay, man. It's a conversation piece. 10 years definitely is a, is a long time to work on a project, man. Like, yeah. like who are some of the people who, got, uh, who assisted you in, in the creation of the book? Uh, the brother named Supreme Understand, who runs uh, Supreme Design Online. He assisted me with this project. Um, uh Proven Publishing is another company that assisted me with the project. Um, and basically, I'm self-published, really. You know, just I had to get the book out to let the people know what the true history is. And I think it's just right on time for me doing that. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely right on time what you're doing, it, man. So we're, the, we're in a place right now where, we're, um, you know, we're, we're still in a lot of conf- a confusing state when it comes to cannabis, especially in Georgia. You know, I mean, cannabis, excuse me, hemp, especially in Georgia. Mm-hmm. You know, there's even talks about trying to somehow decriminalize something that's already... You know, saying been, you know, saying it's been talked about that already, man. Right. How do you feel about you know the, the the sentiments of some of these people who are still kind of backwards out here in, in Georgia, and their way of kind of holding up the process is doing things like that, coming up with more unique ways to arrest you. I think that's exactly what yeah. you you hit the nail on the, on the head with that one, brother. I mean, Georgia is a is a is a, a state that's about the money. When yeah. we started going to the house and started speaking with the house representatives in like 2014, we understood that we understood that we had to make it makes sense to them in the money aspect of it. So that's when we started talking about industrial hemp because when we started having the conversation on cannabis and marijuana, they weren't trying to hear it. Yeah. So we had to make it seem like, okay, well, Georgia's an agricultural state. 
y'all haven't been producing any agriculture, so let's get mm-hmm. back to him and be the most, you know, the number one agricultural state again. Yeah. So it's just understanding, like I say, just getting people informed, man. It's all about education and information, brother. Yeah, it's terrible, man, because I feel like we use it as political football. You know, like right now we're in a, we're in a place where, you know, we're about to have a new, we're about to have an election for president, senators, and all that other stuff. So those who have and, eyes can see this. Yo, and people, people <laughs> love having these conversations around this time. And I actually think it's probably the best time to do it because I look at it as, um, you know, presidential election is very important. Don't ever get me get it wrong. Right. But when you're in a space where there's like 32 Senate seats up in the air and he's been winning at, at the minimum by five seats, you know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. if you yeah. if you lose the Senate, he you again looking at four years of no power. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So yeah. I feel like people need to do keep their eyes open about how we are playing these politics games. You know what I mean? Like, like I definitely want to side with people who are pro cannabis, pro him. Mm-hmm. But I want to make sure you're about that life all the way down the road. You know right. what I mean? Like, not right. just something you saying right this second, and then when you get in office, you forget all about it. Right. Well, you made an excellent point, brother. You know, it's a lot of people who get in the office and promise us a lot and make all these political promises and, and never follow through. So I think our position needs to be that we need to be paying, you know, paying these politicians. We need to to get in in understanding that lobbying is how we control these politicians. Yeah. So we don't have them to a standard and to a, a specific bullet point of our, our needs and wants. Yeah. Then it's just really, you know, political politics, as you say. You Dang, know what I'm saying? You know, so, the lobbying is a key part of all this right now. I, it I don't is think the key fully, part. Yeah, I don't think people fully, <laughs> fully understand the, the power, and the good and the evil power of, of lobbying, man. But you have a good chance to, to see some of it up close thanks to Coach. Yeah. Um, speak about the power of lobbying out here when it comes to trying to keep him well, on, on the good side of things and, and trying to get some of these politicians to open up their eyes and ears to what can actually happen in Georgia. But when we got into this game in 2014 with CPR 420, we understood that the power, it all lies into the power of the vote. Mm-hmm. So influencing the influencers who make the decisions is where your power is going to come into play. So we understood that we went in and start uh, really smoozing with these House representatives, taking them to lunch, buying them lunch. You know, uh, informing them, bringing them pamphlets and informing them to what hemp is versus marijuana. So that's another reason why I wrote the book, because they don't know. So if the politicians and lawmakers don't know. No, they don't. Then how you know what <laughs> how can they make the right decisions? And I thought the fact that they didn't know was a whole win for people who are just recreational cannabis smokers. I'm like, bro, they don't even know. You know what I'm saying? They like, don't. like, like, they you have really, no idea. They, yeah, really, they really think really it's reefer madness out here mm-hmm. again, man. So it, it's funny to me, you yeah. know, to be in that situation, man. But like I said, we've been seeing it since 2014. We've seen the progression, you know, but we it's a lot of still pushback because there's no understanding. There's no, really no education about what hemp is and you know, the psychoactive, uh, the industrial benefits of it. I was, I was keeping it like that. Not at all. Not at all, man. And, and again, we're in a place where you need to start making decisions. We're supposed to start, you know, where they got the licenses, you're supposed to start seeing some actual production, you would hope, coming down the road. Um, how, how optimistic are you that we're going to see, you know, some actual, some actual work come out, of, come out of Georgia where we can start being proud about what we're about to see come through here? Uh, I just still think we're a long way away, man. Okay. You know, um, until they until they lift that federal ban, you know, um, Georgia's just one of those states that's in the Bible Belt that we just gonna have to suffer through it, you know. Um, so I mean, it's it's a couple things that they've done to decriminalize and you know, the uh, the oil bill and things like that. But as far as full legalization, being able to enjoy our plant lawfully, you know, recreationally, I think it's gonna be a minute for Georgia. Yeah, man, I'm I'm not Atlanta. Over. Might be different because the city jurisdictions is different. 
than state jurisdictions. Oh, buddy, and, Atlanta and Georgia are two different places. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that, that's, that is that's, a fact. That's a big, a big truth, man. That is a fact. So looking down the road, um, what, what are we going to see next from the industrious, I mean, the indigenous, excuse me, history of hemp, the book? Like, are you going to try to turn it into a visual situation where, like, we do live interviews with some of the people who are part of the process and give people that level of, um, of access into the book, into the knowledge? Uh yeah, I would I would love to do things like that. I'm I'm working on a movie. Uh, we're working on an audio book because I know a lot of people you know gravitate to audio books and they're not reading anymore. Um, Isn't that sad, man? <laughs> I miss, it is. It I'm, is I'm very, reading. I'm very upset when people just don't read. Like I went into a situation last week where I feel like, you know, people and I, I say this. You know, I'm going through high school. We were taught how to skim. You know, what I'm saying when you're reading a book, like occasionally you could get through a passage Speed by skimming. Read, right. mm-hmm. I think people forgot that. You know, also reading for context is good too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And we have a world now where people are so quick to hit publish. You know, things are really are moving in such a quick way that people just skim through stuff. Whereas right. where you get a ton of petty arguments and a bunch of stuff happening online that don't make no kind of don't sense. make no sense at all. It's no. a whole lot of mental masturbation. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But uh, like I said, um, just. Promoting the book, book tours, you know, uh, educational seminars. I have an educational seminar coming up uh, pretty soon on the 20th with the Shinnecock. Um, doing some, some hemp education with them. Uh, and you work a lot with the, natives. Uh, you know, like, like yeah, featured in the first, you know, Native American magazine called, awesome. you know, uh, what's it, what's Tribal it Hemp and Cannabis. Tribal Hemp and Cannabis. Sorry, I just had a freeze real quick. And that's actually for you. I brought a copy for you, brother. That's solid. Appreciate that, man. Yeah. Appreciate that. Congratulations on the process, man. You know, like it, it, the one, the hardest thing to do is get people to understand what you're doing. You know, especially in this space, uh, everything is so new. It is trying to get people to kind of catch what you're saying has to be the hardest thing. You know, what I mean, it so is. I have to applaud it you is. for bringing this. <laughs> it is, and it's, it's it's simple, really. It's this: if we get back to our, our, our tribal affiliations and our, our tribal estates and our tribal clans and families, that's where our indigenous and you know unalienable laws are at. Mm-hmm. So if we get into that particular vehicle, that vehicle will take us farther along in this journey, yeah. especially with this plant being an indigenous plant. You know, you spoke tribal <laughs> in, in, in a lot of things, man, like, like whether or not you're even an actual citizen. You know, we, we, you, we've had those conversations. <laughs> how important is it for you, you know what I mean, and everybody yeah. might not agree, but how important is it for you for, for people of color to not only understand their actual origin in this, in this country, but once they understand that, you'll fully get more of that book? <laughs> It's all about action, man. It's all yeah. about how you contract and everything. And everything is a contract, whether it's verbal, whether it's, you know, commercial. Everything is a contract. So your status dictates your position in the contract and how you're going to be treated in that contract. So it's just understanding that we have different options available to us that will get us farther along than certain things that we've been doing back, you know, that our grandparents did. Or And what are some of those options you feel that, that, that people of color might want to take take heed, you know what I'm saying, and pay attention to? Uh, understanding more of how to operate on the private side versus the public. Uh, simple as that. Um, understanding your, your different statuses, you know, that you can take advantage of uh, with be, being a national or things of just understanding your tribal affiliation and the power of that, you know, and the power really of a nonprofit. Yeah. It's, it's simple things that, that we can start to, to put into action immediately you know and it doesn't have to take a lot of uh <laughs> uh fighting amongst ourselves to do it you know yeah you know the fighting amongst ourselves is another issue you know what i mean like we we really especially in cannabis you're in a situation where people are in a rush to do what you did you know what i'm saying like like it's like it, i consider i compare it you know i compare um the music industry down here to the traffic we see down here 
Like, if you ever notice when you're in traffic, you'll see a long line of people all in the same lane, and it's like three other lanes wide open. Like, you could easily make a left. Right. But instead, people just sit here in this lane and wait, wait, wait. Right. And the minute you see one person turn, then and every other car turn. turns. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, that's how it looks like to me. Like, it is. We're, we're, a lot of people kind of trying to tap their feet, just trying to get in where they fit in. And I think that that's a... Um, that's a well, a lot of people disaster. scared to be pioneers too, because the pioneers are the ones who take the first arrows, man. So you know, if you don't have, if you're not built for this, you know, if you're not built to, to, to challenge the system or to stand on your square, as we call it, yeah. stay what you're doing, keep doing what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Because they're they're gonna try you, they're gonna test you, they're gonna make sure that what you're talking about that you can actually back up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's. You know, it's try. You have to be tried. You know, to be able to go through the fire, man, and prove yourself worthy. So, that's a big fact, man. That's why I wanted to ask you about people coming to you about. Well, I know this is that true. You know, people tr- will will try a situation all the time, especially when you call yourself a a a, a person a, a person who has a good knowledge of this of the subject, a subject matter expert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which you are currently right this second. Um, I think the next move for you might should should be actually putting on like maybe a little conference. You know, what I'm saying we're getting together like minded people. I think so too, man. I, I I would need your help to, you know what I'm saying, help pull something like that off, man. But um, I definitely think that, it, you know, a, a hemp conference in Atlanta, you know, is something that needs to be done on an educational level and something that looks like us, you know what I'm saying, rather than these big corporation uh, galas that we see <laughs> popping up every now and then at the yeah. World Congress Center. <laughs> how do you feel about those, man? Like we, I was told a little while ago that that's how you know that um, – your cities, it, your cities to the point where a lot of business is about to come. They say when well, you start seeing those conferences pop up, man. And I think that's all it's about. It's just about them gauging, you know, the business and see, okay, are they ready yet? Are they ready yet? You know what I'm saying? And they just going around to different markets just to, just to try out their their uh, spills on how to get this cannabis money. You yeah. know, so it's all about recognizing what's real and what's not. Yeah, man, it's, an, it's, it's a lot of gold out here, and it's a lot of gold plated out here. But it's, it's an <laughs> thing, like almost everybody's trying to tell you how to flip a house. It's like after a while, who's going to be if you're selling houses, who's buying them? You know what I'm saying? If everybody's doing it, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I feel that we need to get more into you know the, indis- the indigenous industrial side of this plant more than anything. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody wants to get into it and get a dispensary and you know get a brand this, that, and the third. But it's like who's going to really be producing all this hemp? Yeah, <laughs> it's cannabis. Who's gonna be packaging it? You know what I'm saying? Who's gonna come out with the next level packaging that's gonna change the game? You know, you people, know? And people jump past that, like like industry. I mean, um, stuff like that, like packaging and things like that. That is such a, like a money maker. You know what I mean? Instantly. <laughs> you know what I mean? If people are really Instantly. focused on getting the, on getting them a dispensary, and I'm like, I'm with I'm with Bruce. If you never actually sold weed, man, wouldn't that be the wrong thing <laughs> to try to get involved in? It is. It is. So you know, just. Understand where where you where your position at and where you're strong at. You know that's that's the that's the role that you should take in this cannabis game. I don't think you should just follow what everybody else is doing. I think your strengths and your gifts is what's going to determine what's going to be beneficial to you in this game, just like everything else. Yeah. You know, so it's all about knowledge itself. Yeah. Who are some of the people you looked up to who kind of um, kept you inspired through this ten year journey? Hmm. I mean, my grand I got to say my family, you know, first and foremost, my grandparents, all four of my grandparents I done smoked with, you know. <laughs> like, it's it's a family thing for us, so it was never looked at as something negative, you know. It's, it's something that we did as a family, as a sacrament, you know. So, um, really, you know, my family, uh, you know, a couple friends that I mentioned in the book, uh, you, uh, Coach, you know, Alexis, 
uh, Empress, um, you know, Doc Hodge, you know, uh, all the people that, you know, been in this journey, man, with us for the last 10 years, man. You, you know the faces. Yeah. You know the names. Because <laughs> yeah, we, we started, we all started together, you yeah. know, we all featured in your movie. So, you know, yeah, you, you, know I, you, I, you know who the pioneers were. I still remember sitting down at the um, state capitol that, that when I met Coach and uh, was blown away that there were five black people in the room and two of them were me and Danny. And I was like, man, <laughs> we just happened to show up. You know what I mean? Like, right. it, was so, it was so crazy. Shout out to Yo. Yo was there that day. Man, shout out to Yo, man. Free Hydro Yo, man. Yeah, yeah, man. So talk I to us. Like, um, if somebody wanted to learn more about the indigenous history of hemp, if they wanted to get the book, if they wanted to do um, all that, like how could they get in touch with you? Uh, the indigenous history of hemp can be purchased at indigenoushistoryofhemp.com. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can reach us, uh, the IHEA at wearetheihea.org is our nonprofit site. If you need to connect with us on Facebook or Instagram, uh, the Indigenous Hemp Education Association or T-H-E underscore I-H-E-A on Instagram. That's what's up, man. Well, I totally appreciate you coming through well, and, giving us, you, and giving us light on everything that's, that's going on as far as with your organization. Definitely big up the, the fact that you're finally getting recognized. You know finally. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. like you, you're welcome <laughs> knowledge, man. It's about time you finally got recognized, and I'm yeah. glad about that. So thank you for coming through tonight. I apologize Thanks for, for being short. Thanks for recognizing me, brother. Yeah, man, it's been a long day, bro. I feel like my head's <laughs> about to explode. I appreciate you being patient with the kid. All right, man. my brother. And that's Cash Color Campus, high level of conversation. Again, sponsored by Jay's Elevation.